0: Dolores Dunbar possesses an energy that equals that of her teenage students. In her role as Head of Musical Theatre at the Macdonald College of Performing Arts, she contributes to the development of the next generation of performers, with a knowledge garnered from extensive industry experience in a variety of roles. She made her professional stage debut in the Australian company of Funny Girl for J.C. Williamson's. A stack of shows followed for Dolores, including My Fair Lady, Fiddler on the Roof, Chicago, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Les Miserables, and Shout. Other creative roles have seen her choreograph the immensely successful production of Nonsense, Service, Company Management, and direct productions of Eurovision, Copacabana, and Greece. Always ready with an amazing anecdote that serves as a brilliant history lesson, Dolores is a walking encyclopedia of our musical theatre past and the many characters who have inhabited its stage. She is terrific company and a passionate supporter of young talent. Stages is delighted to sit down with Dolores Dunbar. What did you get up to this morning?
1: I creamed the cake oh, that good. we're going to have. Yeah, yeah. I cheated though, I got a... I got a plain sponge and added to it. <laughs> oh, did <you?
0: laughs> oh, strawberries at least.
1: Passion fruit.
0: Passion fruit, yeah. lovely, lovely,
1: lovely. I was going to bake and then the tax man took over. I've been trying to do my tax.
0: It's a huge job, isn't it?
1: Oh god, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it.
0: But that time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's best to keep on top of it, isn't it?
1: Well, I yeah, I'm just pretty good at it, actually this year. Yeah. I've got it together, I think. I hope so.
0: what um what would you call your autobiography if you wrote one
1: well i actually started to write a book
0: all right yeah Yeah.
1: maybe you have to edit it for me all
0: right no worries
1: it's called 18 months of one night stands oh sounds (laughs)
0: ominous
1: (laughs) um yeah well that's what i that was my very first job 18 months
0: of one night stands is it was that a the name of a show? No, no,
1: no, no. no. I went everywhere in a caravan.
0: Was this the Slim Dusty show? Yep. Right. So yep. that was your first show, professional debut.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I was racking my brains trying to work out how I got it or how I did it, and I cannot remember and why because I hated mu- I hated country, country and, and western, western music, <laughs> but then I didn't want to be a bigot, so I thought, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And it was one of those things, they couldn't play anything that I had in my music repertoire, so, and they gave me a little one of those little books with um, names in it, and they just said, um, choose a song that you know and we'll play it. And I went, okay. But it turned out to be one of the big adventures of my life. 18 months of all kinds of amazing, amazing things.
0: How old were you?
1: Probably Seventeen, right. I think, maybe.
0: Well, Mum and Dad were happy to let you go.
1: Oh, well, um, i got to say, um, for the last two years of school, like, well, I cried every night. My dad used to sit up with me while I did my homework. Then he'd make pikelets and we'd sit and talk about life. And then I'd cry and say... If I don't go south soon, I'll be too old to be in theatre. I have to go. And Daddy would say, no, 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 you know. And then one night he went, okay. I got such a fright and I actually had, um, I ended up with 45 pounds. I'd never seen a don't walk sign.
0: um, Because you grew up in Cairns.
1: Up in Cairns. So I'd never done any of that. So, and down I went. But... Yeah, Slim Show was the first one that I did.
0: Were you a soloist or a backup yeah, singer? No, no, I was a soloist. Right.
1: <laughs> a soloist. <laughs> oh my god! I used to do two singing spots and two dancing spots. I lived in the caravan; was my own little caravan, which I, well for a while, and then I shared with two amazingly out there ladies. That I would oh my god was that a baptism of fire? One was called Marlene and she was a rope spinner and she <laughs> she spun ropes from little ones to like ones the whole side of the stage. And the other one was a girl called Julie Kochka that I've never forgotten who had platinum-white hair, had just come home from Vietnam. She was a juggler, and she juggled in this tiny little bikini, but she used to juggle fire sticks, and she threw one up one night up her back, and all her hair went phsh, up in the air. <laughs> she was crazy lady. Um, but, oh, my God, did I learn a lot. I um,
0: we About had life and, and showbiz.
1: Everything, yeah. Yeah. everything. And we had this guy with us called Dante, who was an American magician, I can remember I was his boom-ching girl. <laughs> what? Boom-ching. <laughs> and, and I did all the tricks. But then I was so... Um, I thought, is that all they do? Is that it? And that's why the um, COVID thing of, of um, absolute secrecy, because they are very simple a lot of the um, magician tricks right. and you would just um i mean that's what's magic
0: yeah it's an illusion
1: a complete illusion yeah. and i loved and loved and loved it so were you performing in tents no 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 no, no. um always in um school of arts halls and right. um actually i've got a really funny story we went to um right up the coast to Normanton, Georgetown, and Croydon, up in the Gulf of Carpentaria and um, it, I think we were up there like a week or something. But you had the same audience at every show, um, and mostly Aborigines. And um, oh, they used to feed their babies right in the front row, and it was really interesting. But we drove for hours, it seemed, and um, there was in that bull dust, you know, and we blew a windscreen we blew so many tires and so i had a bikini on and a bulk in it jumper and we got to some place one of them and somebody said there's a swimming pool behind the hall i went oh my god and we were covered in dust and dirt and everything and so i off with the the jumper And I just ran and dived into the swimming pool and came up in the middle of green slime and two goats. (laughs) (laughs) It hadn't been used in years. (laughs) Wow. So that was one. Um, But, yeah, we had... I can remember another night. We had um, no stage. It was a tin egg glue. And we had to clean off... There were old theatre seats that we cleaned off with um, sticks and hose and we, they bound 44-gallon drums together and put a, something on the top, and that was our stage for the night. Um, uh, another night, we had no three-phase lighting, so we actually gave the audience torches. Oh, wow. And we did it that way. And I just think it was the most... Even though it was musically against my nature... It was the most amazing grounding that anybody could ever have. And just fending for myself, you know. Yeah. Um, I wish kids today could do something like that, just to get them out there and see what life's really like.
0: And you're touring with a team of roustabouts too, I guess. Yeah. set up everything, or roadies. They, yeah, or, they all yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did all and of did that. Yeah, they did all of that. And did you have much to do with Slim and, oh, and Joy? Oh, all the time, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Joy is... Joy McKean, his wife, she's the... Yeah, she was it. And she ruled any of the girls in the show, like, with an iron fist. And we appreciated that. Um, my mum and dad, I did—I was so excited that I didn't write for about... I, I used to write four times a week to my mum because you didn't have telephone communication in those days. And I didn't write for two weeks. And my mum was beside herself. And so mum, dad and the other four kids all turned up in some place some godforsaken place, I don't know where we were, just to say, um, are you all right? Um, so then they travelled with us for a week, and Mum was happy then that Joy had everything in hand and she was making sure that nothing happened to us. Mum could breathe again and go home.
0: Because <laughs> your mum was uh, a Tivoli girl, wasn't she?
1: She Mum was um, the soprano that sang out in front of the Shainers. And she used... Do you know what a Shana is? No, I was
0: about to say, are are they a group? No, 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 no.
1: A Shana Shana was like, if you can imagine uh, a story, a picture on the stage and the dancers would make that picture and then mum would come and sing. Like a a
0: tableau. Like a tableau thing
1: and then mummy would come out and she'd just stand there and, and sing beautifully. She couldn't move and that's why I was taught to dance. 'Cause she could not she was uh, frightened of moving. She used to do Isadora Duncan move da, da, da,
0: da. Oh with that. and
1: she loved Isadora Duncan. Yeah. Um, but uh no, uh, she couldn't move so but yeah, she loved the Tiv.
0: Did she work outside of the Tiv in, in oh, yeah, musical theatre
1: anything? No, no. um uh, no. She just mostly the Tiv. Um she did a lot of concert parties. In fact my very, very, very first memory of anything to do with theatre was, um, she, she was doing it. My dad was blown up during the war and he had no hip bone and he was in hospital for about a year. He was in the air force and, um, mummy used to go out on these concert parties. And so, and I was obviously little, so I went with her and I can remember being in the theatre, in a theatre and there was a table and they were rehearsing. There was a table on the stage. And all of these people were singing and everything. And there was a huge um, American, a a black American man who played this wonderful guitar, but he had no fingers, just stumps, but he played the most amazing guitar. And I can still see him saying, Dolores here, and he put me up on the piano, on the table and said, dance, dance. So I started dancing. And of course I got applause, that was it. Oh, my God. You were hooked. I was hooked. I must have been only two and a half or three or something,
0: just little. So when are you starting dance classes and things like that, are they available in Cairns at oh, that time? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. But
1: it was very funny. It was a lady called Mrs Gibbs. Now, she was a bit of a showman. She was a, like an entrepreneur, but she I don't think she'd ever learnt dancing. So she used to make up steps. So we learnt make-up steps that were what she thought were dance steps. Um, But it was interesting, we loved it. But then one of her students, a lady called Betty Shambrook, who was just gorgeous, I loved her, she actually thought there's more to this. So she came down to Sydney of her own fruition and got the syllabus and learnt the syllabus and then took it back. And um, by this time, my father had said horrible things to Mrs Gibbs (laughs) Like, put your head in the toilet and pull the chain, because <laughs> <laughs> she was being horrible to mummy and um, <laughs> and and so, um, Betty Shambrook started her own school, and yeah, that was it, and we I learned the syllabus and got my r a d in ballet and
0: so there's um, a few siblings there d- did they go into the business in any way, or are uh, they artistic?
1: Yeah, um, all of them are musical. Um, Tony, my closest brother, is. A great bass player, Um, but he's into horses. His life has been horses and he still trains horses and he trains internationally. Um, Yeah, he's he's on the farm west of Tamworth. Um, Paula, my sister, has the most glorious voice. She's like an angel, but she is so shy. Um, So she's never done anything professional. Tony had. Tony was with um, some great bands and he had... Um Danny, the next one down, is um, has been a sound man. He was he loved sound, so he used to do a lot of sound. And of course then there's Crazy Laurie at the end who is uh, still is a wonderful drummer. He's a great drummer. But he has that really weird thing that by day he etches in crystal and is the finest of engravers. Um, and he has a, an online company called Gift Engraving, which is really fantastic. Um, and by that's by day and by night. He is the wildest drummer. He, R&B is his big thing. Yep. Um, but he'll play anything. You know, he's very good. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Daddy, for a while there, we all thought that he was sort of left out. But he actually used to do radio plays um, in Brisbane. And uh, he loved doing radio
0: plays. Was that before the war? Yeah, yeah,
1: before yeah. the war. Mm. Oh, wow. So he he wasn't left out at all. And we only found that out later on.
0: So it's nothing he talked about?
1: No, he never talked about it. No, no.
0: Wouldn't it be lovely if there was a recording of the or something? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I've got a couple of recordings of mum. Um, uh, She made a couple of acetate recordings, Um, but um, they were... I don't know what's happened to them, but then somebody's taped a couple of things. on. We've got them on cassette. Right. But she had a glorious voice, just beautiful. Collatura.
0: So what was the young Dolores like? Was she a dreamer? Oh, Star completely. Struck?
1: Completely.
0: So where were you Were you being fed that from? Was that, were you off to MGM musicals? Or no, we didn't have or that. Or um, it was just innate, do you think?
1: I reckon yeah. because um, we didn't have... Um,
0: yeah. We, no television? or No television. Was it a cinema?
1: Or? We had a cinema. Yeah. Um, and I can remember pestering my dad to take me to see Gigi. And I can remember we went, I was in my pyjamas and I mustn't have been very old. I don't, I don't know how old I was, maybe 10 or something. And I can remember dad saying, bloody hell, he's, all he's doings running around going, Gigi, Gigi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he hated
1: it. Um, but he took me. Um, Apart from that, um, the radio, um, I was glued to the radio. Um, I thought that um, Tony Bennett was my favourite at that time and I didn't know much about musical theatre at all until my mum was with some group of people and she took me to see the mobile quest winners that had come on it like a tour to north queensland and um she said we're going to hear some beautiful singers and this lady came out she looked like a fairy queen she was so beautiful and i as i said i would have been maybe 10 or 11 or something and it was a lady called glenda raymond who was married to hector crawford remember yes
0: indeed crawford production
1: Yeah. yeah Well, she sang One Fine Day from Madam Butterfly and then she sang an aria that I just don't remember what it was. But to me, that was the epitome of everything I would have ever dreamed of doing. Um, So I, yeah, I just, that was it. When I saw her, she was my inspiration. She was great.
0: Mm. So what brought about the move to Sydney? Was Sydney first or did you go to Melbourne? No, Sydney. Sydney
1: was it. Um, I think there was some bits in between where I'd come down and have a go and look around and then go back again. Because, get... of
0: course, it's a time before Whopper and oh, NIDA nothing. and VCA. There was yep.
1: nothing. And, um, and I was really homesick. Um, I had a wonderful life in Cairns, you know. It's just a wonderful place to grow up. And I was just, um, I loved it. And, so, and I missed the kids, my brothers and sisters, because we all got on so well. And um, so I'd come down and have a look around and go back again. And it was all mostly by bus. So I'd come down all the way in the
0: bus. So was that two or three days? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting up. Yeah.
1: Um, there was no first class or anything um, or the train, you know, we, um, but I mean, you did not get a plane or anything I mean we right. did not have that sort of money right. but anyway in the end I think I just decided that I had to come and I could well, st-
0: you had I mean you weren't, nothing was going to happen in Cairns no you nothing and well, no, I had little south. jobs and things yeah.
1: like I went and worked in a shop in Cairns I think the funniest one was um I went to I saw an ad for a um a secretary at a a firm of of electronics it wasn't electronics what is it anyway um, I went to this place and he said let's take some shorthand and I went oh yes of course (laughs) I had no idea what I was talking about and so i just true and then he said read it back (laughs) I didn't I didn't have a clue what I'd written and he said I don't think this is for you and I said no I don't think so (laughs) um That was one. I went and worked at... There was a shop, big, very famous in Cairns at the time, called Bolands, which was just a retail store, like Maya or something. And I went... I can remember being in the sportswear department and watching a lady come in with a bag and just fill her bag with clothes out at the sportswear. And I'm thinking, I've never seen you before. And I went to the manager lady and I said there's a lady over there and she's just filling her bags with clothes and she said you can't make assumptions miss ernst (laughs) and i said well i'd go and have a look if i were you (laughs) and sure enough they couldn't catch it till she went walked out the door right but she had bags of all their clothes (laughs) so i thought no i don't want to be here either this is not for me (laughs) Mm.
0: showbiz is
1: Show business for me. So I came down and I stayed with a friend of my grandma's and I thought, I've got to get a job. So the very next day, I caught a train into Town Hall and I walked up George Street and I thought, I'll just go into every shop and see if anybody wants anybody. And I think I went into two and the third one was Grace Brothers, which was Farmers then. It was called Farmers. And I went in and I said, so do you need anybody? And they said, go up to the re- recruitment, wherever it was, whatever floor. So I did. And then they said, um, so how's your mathematics? I <laughs> went, oh, God, <laughs> mathematics. <laughs> and I said, fine. You know, the the actress in me said, fine. And they gave me this huge lot of mathematics to do. Well, I counted every finger, every toe, everything, that uh, thinking I've got to get this job. And I got it. Oh, great. And... Um, and it was with a beautiful lady called Miss Crake. And so I went in, and it was in the hairdressing department, and I had to, they worked on commission. And in those days, it was £10 for a perm or something, and they got commission on it if they got... And it was wonderful. And Miss Crake, I told her straight off, I said, I'm only here till I get a job in the theatre. And I was only there a few weeks or something, and she said, there's somebody I need you to see and it, she took me into the, um, into the hairdressing area and there was a lady there called Evelyn Hall who, or Madame Athal. <laughs> she had so many names but she was a singing teacher and she said, ooh, I believe you want to come and learn singing from me and I said, well, I'm here to be in show business and she said, really, come and see me so I went down that afternoon to Manda House in Kent Street which I have to say had the worst graffiti I'd ever seen in my life. I'd never seen anything like that. The language? In, or... the, in the lift. Right. Oh, my God, it was covered in... Ah, I'm going, <laughs> good Catholic girl, what's this?
0: <laughs> um,
1: anyway, I went up and I think I had about three lessons with her. And then she said, I have an audition for you. And I said, really? And she said, it's JC Williamson's.
0: Had you heard of JC Williamson's? No.
1: Right. No. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And she said um they've got a show on called Hello Dolly and they're looking for replacements and she said you have to go down and see uh, a Mr. Noel Smith who's the conductor and and I said, "Oh, okay. All right." So, I did. I went. Um and you know, at that stage you don't have nerves or anything because you don't know what it's yes. about. Yep. <laughs> And I, I remember it's a good I did, way to be. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't even take my coat off. And I can remember singing um, favourite things from Sound of Music. And then he said to me, well, can you belt that? I hadn't a clue what belt was because my mother had taught me to sing. Yep. And it was all the old-fashioned way. over Cover your, cover your notes, Dolores. Make it, and I'm thinking, holy moly, what's belt? I have no idea. So anyway, I just sang, um, and I obviously did okay. Um, I have to say that I had a, a um, paperclip in my pocket, and afterwards I found it in tiny pieces. So I must have been that nervous that I didn't even know, yep. and I just broke it into tiny little... But anyway, um, he said to me, I don't think you're suitable for Dolly. He said, but I'd like to put you into Funny Girl. I hadn't heard of that either, but I thought that sounded good. sounded more like me being funny. That'd be great. So I thought, okay. And he said, I want you to start tomorrow. And I said, oh, no, I can't do that. Um, I'm working at farmers and I would have to give them notice. And he said, oh, really? And I said, yes, I can't do tomorrow. Um, Can I ring you? I said... So I went back to Miss Craig and I said, hey, I got that job. Um, she said, go, go, just go. And I said, no, no, I will finish out the week. And I think it was about Wednesday or something. Right. I said, I will finish out the week if that's okay by you. And so I rang them and I said, I can start on Monday. And they said, okay. They accepted it.
0: <laughs> wow. So, Different times. Oh, yeah.
1: absolutely. Well... I've always been that, though, a stickler if I say I'm going to do something.
0: Yeah, your words. My word is it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: I'm not going to break a contract or anything and I wanted to give her notice and I was trying to be fair and, you know. And, um, yeah, so I started and I went straight into Funny Girl and, oh, my God, that was absolutely, I was home. It was wonderful.
0: What was that first day of rehearsal like?
1: I don't know. I I don't even know if I remember it. Um I think I just learnt the songs. All I do remember was Evie Hayes was in the company. She was Mrs Bryce. She was. Yeah, yeah. And she had been with my mum in the Tiv. <laughs> and I don't think they got on very well. <laughs> now I wasn't sure whether she knew that I knew or not. But the f- I hadn't even really met her, you know. I was learning who people were and and I can remember she came up to me and she said, "If you, do you intend staying in this business? And I, <laughs> and I said, I hope so. <laughs> I, I just got there. And she said, well, get your nose done. And I went, oh, I, I, okay, if that's what you... <laughs> and I'd never thought of that. What was wrong with your nose? I have no idea. But, of course, that came back then to hit me in the face again years later when I had to go on in a show with a book up at Marion Street Theatre the director of Marion Street at that time I'm going on that night with the script in my hand and he called me into the office just prior to the half hour and said by the way shade your nose it's not a comedy (laughs) and so I started to get this real thing about my nose (laughs) but anyway that's by the by
0: but as well as Evie Hayes you're working with the wonderful Jill Perriman what to make your debut in a show where she's your leading lady
1: ah magic yeah I learnt so much from that beautiful woman and I still am you know she's just an inspiration um I watched that seduction scene every night for 16 months I was enamoured of everything she did and do you know she never changed an eyelash Never. Just, but it was as fresh every night as though it was the first time she had ever done it. You know, she was ah, a magic woman. And I think somewhere in my psyche, I hope, I picked up some pointers from her.
0: Yeah, through osmosis or something. I hope just so. Just through watching. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. Oh, no, she's wonderful. Sometimes they're
0: our great teachers, aren't they? We ah, just watch.
1: Just watching. Observe, yeah. And I'm a great watcher. I still do. I, I love sitting on a corner and just watching people walk past. Um, all those different walks, all that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah.
0: Evie Evie Hayes' husband, Will Mahoney, was in it too, wasn't he? Oh, he he
1: was.
0: (laughs) He was a a famous vaudevillian, wasn't he? He was, he he
1: was. And he um, he actually invited me to join his um, act, which was playing... He played the xylophone, but he wanted me to tap on the xylophone. Uh, Hey, come on. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he was... He was a lovely old man, though. And we were with him, it it was 1967, I think, and it was a Melbourne heatwave, and um, we were all on stage. And he did Henry Street. He sang Henry Street, the big number. And he used to do those curly kicks, like this. Well, he'd do them until the audience applauded. He'd just keep going, and he'd milk them, and milk them, and milk them, which he did this day, but it was really really hot day and he went off into his dressing room and passed away
0: oh really after mm. a performance yeah yeah oh.
1: yeah but he was a really lovely man yeah nice man
0: and probably a you know if you're going to go what a, what a, way, what to a go. Nice way to go what way to go yeah yeah who was your director and choreographer were they locals or betty imports? pounder oh betty pounder was with betty out.
1: pounder god lover um yeah, Betty Pounder was it. Um, she was the guiding light of J.C. Williamson's, you know. She was an amazing woman. And from lots of your other podcasts, everybody speaks of her in the same tone. Absolutely. Yeah. No, nah, she's a magic woman. She, um, and she always gave us a little card um, or with, you know, something, flowers or whatever, for, for night. opening nights, and it was all sparkle darlings. And I've still got a card she gave Roddy and I when we got married saying, Sparkle, darlings. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, she was wonderful.
0: I also hear from a lot of my guests on, on the podcast who worked in those JC Williamson's days that once you're in, you're in. Pretty much so You just so. went from show to show. Pretty really. much so. You, you proved your worth. Yep. And, and, yeah.
1: Um, if you were right, yeah. I can remember when we were doing, um, oh, it must have been Funny Girl, I think. And it got towards the end of the run and we knew that they were going to uh, cast Fiddler on the Roof. And um, the night came when they were just going to call us down onto the stage. If your name was called and you were called down to the stage, you were in the new show. If you weren't called, well, there were tears. Anyway, we I can remember scrubbing my teeth. <laughs> and I can remember they calling... Oh, copious names and everything and my name never got called out and I'm thinking oh what am I going to do now I've done one show maybe that's it um and then they called my name and I went oh my god I've got more work you know this is going to be my life it was just wonderful just wonderful. wonderful yeah
0: so who did you play in fiddler title that's one of the daughters. The eldest daughter. Right. Mm.
1: Well, I didn't at first. I was ensemble. Um, I've learnt all my ensemble lines of every show, I think. Um, yeah, I was ensemble. And um, the girl that I had got the role um, missed a lot, like 50 times. And I was her understudy. So finally, they just gave it to me.
0: Mm. And you're working with Hayes Gordon?
1: Oh, my God. What a wonderful man. Yeah. Well, he was really our father. I mean, he really acted like our father. Um, he was so special. And once again, I can remember he used to have classes um, after the show that went to like three and four in the morning and we'd be sitting there thinking, do I really want to act? we <laughs> were so tired. Um, but gosh, I learnt a lot from him. He was amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah wonderful.
0: And another significant fellow in that show, your beautiful husband rod mm-hmm. Is that where you met him?
1: No no no. Um, I met him when we were doing um, when I was doing Funny Girl. we were at the Madge in Melbourne and he was in Oliver across the road at the comedy and we all used to go um, uh, there was a pub called Triarcas just up the road um, between shows and we all got to know each other there and yeah so we were good mates for a long
0: time. Well, how fabulous that you ended up in the same show. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, well. And he nearly wasn't. It was nearly going to be Kevin Johnson. As the fiddler? As the fiddler, yeah. Because they were thinking of Gilly for... Golda. Um, Golda. Right. Mm. And I don't know what happened there, but um, in the end, Bridget Lenahan
0: did it. Was um, she an import? Or no, no, no. Local? No, local.
1: Right. Gorgeous woman. Right. Yeah, gorgeous woman. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's
0: how we met who were some of the the characters you know that are in the ensemble I know you've spoken about various people to me over the years you know Mm. people that you remember that were were staples of the of the ensemble
1: well there was Jean Batty for a start Jean Batty had been in JC Williamson's for years and years and years and years and um, she was a real character and I can remember at one stage she she loved being out she was a woman then probably in her 60s 70s even then and her husband was—I um, can't remember his first name—but she called him Frithy, so he was somebody Frith, and he was a boarder um, So she and he had gone, and but she spoke highly of his um, time in the in the in the Tiv and everything. And Jean um, had been in so many shows, but my everlasting memory of Jean was going to breakfast. In a hotel when we were on tour and she was there with the cornflakes and a glass of gin and she hadn't been to bed at all she'd been up with all the chorus boys all night and she was like this older woman she just loved being part of everybody's you know what whatever they were doing she was gorgeous and then there was this other girl called olive kingette now Kingie, as she was well known was um had been A chorus in the ensemble of JC Williamson's for yonks I don't don't know how long and apparently when she was about 19 they actually gave her some lines and she freaked so much that she just said no I don't ever want to do that again I'll just be in the ensemble she was never out of work Kingy she was in every JC Williamson show like you wouldn't believe but she never said a line ever again which was really weird. But she was a lovely lady. Um I'm trying to think of who else. Of course I've had so many of my friends. Um, like Bruce Scott was um in Funny Girl with Me. So I've known him for since nineteen sixty six and we are still today the best of friends. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think.
0: It was a time when, when you were either in the singing chorus or oh, the dancing chorus. Very much so. There was yeah. No- yeah. Fusion yeah,
1: so I knew a lot of the, a lot of the um, singing chorus, of course, because that's where I was in the singing chorus. I wasn't in the dancing chorus. Um, I obviously wasn't a very good dancer, <laughs> 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 but I could sing. So um, yeah, I was in the. In, but once we got into fiddler, that was a whole new genre. We were singing dancing people. We did everything. Yeah. Um, and I've got mates there that I've still... Uh, Elaine Holland, um, who played... Uh, played, What's the middle one? Uh, Hoddle. Elaine Hoddle, I said. Elaine Holland played Hoddle. And um, uh, yeah, Jenny... Um, I'm trying to think of everybody. She played Harbour. Jenny Cullen.
0: Right.
1: She played Harbour. Donna Lee played one of the babies... My but some, but
0: some of those names you mentioned sort of had great longevity oh, yeah. in in the uh, in, in the business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, they're still doing something somewhere, which is lovely. Um, Mal Carmont, who played Vietka, he he went on to do all those Dirty Dick shows around the country.
0: Theatre restaurant. Theatre restaurant. Did you enjoy touring? I
1: love touring. I I'm, a, I'm a real gypsy. Yeah.
0: yeah. I love you touring. You get to see a bit of the country.
1: Yeah, I just love touring. And Rod used to always say, anybody come to our house, they'd think we were still on tour because we never really got around to doing <laughs> things in a house. It was always like we're ready to just pack up and go again if we needed to. Yeah. Um, I loved it. And Rod loved it too. Yeah, it was good.
0: Did <laughs> you have to find your own digs? At the new or, in the early the days company, yeah. yeah
1: in the early days we all had to so um, the whole idea was you'd try and find the cheapest thing you could or stay with rallies or anything you could to save the money um, so that was you know mostly and I can remember at one stage Roddy um, stayed with some friends in um, Melbourne on one tour and um, when I went to see him he was sort of in a bean bag in a cupboard sort of he was sleeping. <laughs> And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, oh, well, it's cheap. <laughs> I went, okay, you know, that's what you did. save some money.
0: How did a good Catholic girl cope with being cast in a show like The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas?
1: <laughs> well, my mum could never say it.
0: <laughs> really?
1: But till, till the day she died, I was in a, whore, I was in a warehouse show. <laughs> I had nothing to do with whorehouse at all. Um, well, it was interesting. Um, but I loved it. It was great fun. Of all the shows, though, that I did, I can't say it was my absolute favourite, but it was a show that um, I've got some mates that I still see and love. I, you know, it was great. We all worked together, which was good.
0: Do you have a favourite show?
1: Uh, that I've done? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's a toss-up between a dancing show and a singing show. Chicago, Les Mis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're my, they're my ultimates that I've done.
0: Which uh, inmate were you in, in Chicago, in Cell Block Lipschitz.
1: I loved Alvin Lipschitz more than I can possibly say. He was a real autistic guy, sensitive, a painter, but he was troubled.
0: He was always trying to find
1: himself. Every night he'd go out looking for himself. And on the way... He found Ruth, Gladys, Rosemary and Irving. I guess you can say we broke up because of artistic differences. He saw himself as alive. I saw him dead. The Dirty bomb, bomb.
0: But that was a show that toured to... And, and, and that was one, Sydney Theatre Company. Sydney Theatre
1: surprised. Company. Yeah. That was an adventure. Yeah, it was great. And the beautiful Gary Ginevan was in it and DJ Foster and all these people that we've lost, I, We've lost so many out of Chicago. Yeah. it's been really hard.
0: And also, you know as well as Joordie and another great leading lady in Nancy Hayes.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Have you
0: worked much with Nance?
1: No, I haven't, but we've been friends for a long time and Rod was friends with her from way back when they did um, uh, yeah, there's another show. Sing for Your Supper. What's that from?
0: Uh, the Boys from Syracuse. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. They did Syracuse together. So um yeah, we were sort of family friends for a long time before we did Chicago oh and he did Guys and Dolls with her as well and Yeah.
0: Lame is that must be exciting. That was the, the musical just, the, just storming the world.
1: Absolutely. And um Were you in the
0: original cast? No, in I City? took over. I right.
1: came I came in I came in um halfway through. Um but it was the joy of my life. Um I My son was at a stage where he he was very naughty (laughs) and um, to go to the theatre every night was my, you know, um, way of healing. It was just wonderful. I loved it. I sang. I remember my diaphragm became so hard (laughs) and so strong from all that singing. It was wonderful. It was just... To sing that score every night was just uh, a joy.
0: Even mm. though it's a bit of a downer on, of, of a show yeah. at the end, mm. but you felt exhilarated by... Oh,
1: absolutely. ..the
0: challenge that was presented to you as a performer.
1: Completely and utterly. And not having to dance and kick the legs up. <laughs> just sing. Um, mind you, we did do that beautiful waltz, and I loved that. And I had a really good partner, Des. I remember and he was a beautiful dancer and he used to just almost pick me up and glide me around the the room, you know. But um, no, I did love it so much, that show. Um, and we did that really amazing um, Australia Day performance in the...
0: The Domain. In the
1: Domain. Yeah. Uh, that was phenomenal. We had our orchestra plus the Sydney Youth Orchestra and I can remember the oh I did remember his name the conductor from New York came out and I can remember just as it all finished all the fireworks went off for Australia Day it was just wonderful it was just wonderful Yeah.
0: part of your longevity in this business has also been owed to the fact that you diversify some of the roles so not only a performer you've been a choreographer Mm. in that famous production of Nonsense which Mike Walsh produced
1: I think at one stage we did five productions. Right. I think, um, yeah, we could have done Sound of Music as a late night show. We had so many nuns. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, that was interesting. Um, And, you know, what I was, yeah, it was interesting to do. And when Pounder came to see it, Betty Pounder came, and I was so nervous that she was going to come and see my choreography, you know, and... I've never forgotten it afterwards she said I'm so proud that you got to do all those different styles in one show and she said and you did a, you did a great job and that's all I needed it was wonderful she was lovely now it was a good show we did um, we found um, some really lovely performers that had never worked for a long time um, who
0: were some of your nuns
1: well where do I start Sydney we had Georgie Parker because they needed a nun who could Work on point, and she was beautiful, just
0: beautiful. Janet Dale did it, didn't she? Oh, that
1: was, was that was number two. Right, we did Nonsense too. We, I, I was full of, I had nuns everywhere. Originally, we had Joan Sydney uh, and her sister Maggie King, Robin Arthur. We had, uh, in fact, I think I wrote a few names down I so that I re- so I could remember. I think
0: Lisa McCune was a nun. at She was some down time. in the
1: down in the next next. Um, yeah, okay. Georgie Parker, Joan Sidney, Maggie King. I had June Bronhill, Betty Bobbitt, Robin Arthur, Chelsea Brown, Myra DeGroote, Judy Roberts, Karen Henderson and my beautiful friend Carmen Tanty. Right, yeah. And then Nonsense 2, we had Lisa McCune, Jan Dell, Donna Cleary.
0: That sounds like Nonsense gave <laughs> as much work to female actors as prisoner
1: absolutely oh yeah so you
0: could either go oh, yeah. to Wentworth or you or could to go the... to the
1: nunnery <laughs> yeah it was so, funny
0: so obviously you knew nuns quite well oh through, yeah very much growing so up. and I know that you had an aunt that was a nun I my think, cousin a cousin mm, yeah so mm. how, how did that inform the way that you
1: very developed much so your work? Yeah. very much so um when I first they actually um the the de- Barry Creighton directed the first one, which was great. Um but they did have a a, a video of of just some of the nuns and they had the, over in America. and they'd made these um greeting cards, and I thought that they were all not to my liking. <laughs> they were all very much show a leg and make fun of the nuns. And I can't do that. I could never do that in in a million years. So um, I did my own thing and I made sure that the dress never came higher than the ankle. Uh, And I think it made it funnier um, by keeping it real rather than going for the big laugh, you know. Um, And I know in uh, uh, they did a lot of other nonsenses after that, you know, like at the Country and Western show and the Something Else show. Um, and Different it, themed. Yeah, and yeah. I, I that wasn't me at all. I no. just did the first one and I kept it as real as I possibly could. And by making it believable then, I think that's what was funny, you know, rather than yeah, going for the big laugh.
0: You also worked in company management. Yeah. Yeah, on, I think that was High Society.
1: I did, I did a few, actually. Oh, did you? Well, yeah.
0: so, so there was... Because there uh, a performer's life can be full of those quiet times yeah. as well. Uh. So, again, you've got to diversify. So how did company management come about? you just put your hand up? So, no, down?
1: I think somebody rang
0: me. They heard I, you were good at
1: maths. Uh, <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Um, high Society was an adventure. <laughs> and I ended up having to go on with the book in my hand um, and play a role as well as being company manager resident director resident choreographer general dog's body um yeah it was an interesting
0: well i suppose as resident director you sort of knew the show quite well mm. but it would be still pretty angst mm.
1: yeah. <laughs> i would say so um and i luckily i played um I've forgotten her name now with the camera, the photographer. Yeah,
0: the Celeste Home yeah, yeah, Celeste
1: Home yeah. And so I actually made the script down to fit behind the camera. Right. And uh, I held the camera up a lot. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that was pretty amazing. And I had to keep that going until... Um, and then they got Georgie Parker to um, to take... A, the girl who um, was playing the role wasn't well. And so... Um, they finally got Georgie Parker to come up and take over, but I had to keep playing the role and organising airfares and organising the pay and doing all of that while <laughs> she was coming up. Yeah, so it was good. It was, and Georgie was a mate, so that was
0: helped a lot. Excellent. Mm. Teaching. Yeah. <laughs> That's a role that you <laughs> excel in. Oh, darling. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it can, can, can you should never ask a lady her age, can we know your age?
1: I'm 75. 75, I'm, which oh. I think
0: is extraordinary <laughs> that you have the energy and the optimism that you do, which you impart, you know, th- this immense knowledge that you've garnered over several <laughs> decades, you impart so enthusiastically and generously with your students at the moment.
1: But it's my passion. Yeah. See, it's my absolute passion. Um, but when I went to the college...
0: This is Macdonald, Macdonald college, college. Performing Arts, yeah.
1: I remember... I remember... Um, I, I was going to Melbourne. I was um, actually going down to work on De Frau Schatten for the Melbourne Festival, the opera. And um, I thought there's not going to be very much happening after this. So I applied for three jobs. One was to demonstrate Ida Butrow's treadmills. <laughs> <laughs> One one was in an advertising agency and one was head of dance at the Macdonald College. Well, I got two no's and then I got... Right, Rod rang me and said... Because I was in Melbourne with the opera and Rod said, uh, hey, you've got a call back for that school. And I went, oh, bum. I don't remember my French. That was the first thing that I thought of. I ah, oh, if I've got to teach dance, I don't remember my French. What am I going to do? And I... Oh, I was absolutely in, you know. But anyway, I rang and I they made the appointment for when I was finished and I went uh, in Melbourne and I went back home to Sydney and um, they invited me out and told me all about it and everything. And um, I thought, oh, well, I blew that because I don't, you know, my I'd never taught, ever, 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 ever taught. And I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do, but anyway... Uh, and then I got another call back, and they and this time I went there, and the beautiful um, Josephine, Jason, and Alan Cross were there, and there was tea and bikkies, and I thought, oh, maybe I'm in with the show here. <laughs> um, but when I started, and then I did, I started. I I think it was the um, speech night I went to in '96 and uh and they said i could start and i really had no concept of how i would do it i didn't know what to do i had no idea and then i kept thinking "Well, fail it till you make it just keep going and see what happens and i've always been a believer that if you tell kids the realities of everything don't smooth over and say it's going to be wonderful and gorgeous and everything because it's not So I tell them um, the realities of being in this business, and they accepted it. And um, I've been absolutely thrilled. I've been there since then. (laughs) I can't believe it.
0: It's a few years.
1: It's a few years, yeah. But um, I'm now the oldest at the school, and I'm part of the furniture, I think. But uh, I've got to be honest, Peter, I actually kiss the walls every day that an old thespian of 75 can still get up in the morning and go and teach a class and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I love those kids so much. Um, and they give me more than I could ever give them. You know, they teach me all the time. And it's it's just wonderful. Yeah. I, um, and look, during this COVID thing... We had a terrible time trying to teach them singing, for instance. This is online. Online, they're at at home. So hard, and so um, we, they, you put them on mute and play all their harmony lines, and then you hope that they're getting them because you can't hear them. And then they came back into school and they sang "Bohemian Rhapsody." I cried. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's just gorgeous. They're great kids, you know, and they're very keen. And I've always been somebody who would um, teach with honey rather than vinegar. Yeah. Um, and I think it's worked. I hope so anyway.
0: Mm. Well, I know I know they will love you and mm. uh, hold you in great esteem. <laughs> so you're doing something right.
1: Yeah, well, this old body's starting to give out a bit though. <laughs>
0: I refuse to believe that, Dolores Dunbar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the brain's fine. Well, sometimes when I can remember. But, um, yeah, the body's starting to get slow down a bit and I, I get down on the floor to do exercises with the kids and I find it a bit hard to get back up again.
0: <laughs> There's always someone there to, to pull you up.
1: <laughs> well, the kids yeah. all giggle. They all The little ones all think it's funny. <laughs> but anyway, I take my time and get up
0: eventually. You had a break from teaching... Um, in the middle of all that to do was probably your your last show shout shout yeah
1: yeah shout we we it was um, 2002 and uh, I went out on with rod we went and did shout truly it was a great show it was good fun it was um, and
0: directed by another mate Ross Coleman Coleman yeah
1: mhm it was in a tent and it was wonderful i've never worked in a tent before and it was, I thought, oh, my God, I've, this is wonderful. I'd love to do this more. Um, but um, unfortunately, um, they had a couple of shows at the time and um, we were. I seem to remember we were making money but having to pay the other shows that they had as well. So they just closed them all. And including Shout, which was so sad because we were just... Every night we had standing ovations. It was wonderful. Actually, one of the funny stories of that was um, uh, we... Our our leading man, um, Peter Murphy, wonderful, wonderful singer. And um, he had a voice problem and the understudy wasn't ready. We'd only just started and the understudy wasn't ready. And so they decided that they would have, um, they called, Ross called Rod and I into the office and said, so what we're going to do is do more like a concert version and then um, we'll get Rod to go out front and talk about being on telly with Johnny O'Keefe, which he had done a lot. And we said, oh, this is great. And a The kids in the company were wonderful, but I think they thought of both Rod and I as two oldies who've just come in and haven't done much, you know. And it was really funny because they... uh, when I can't remember what you call it, but our keyboard player had a a, a click track sort of thing and he had to change it over. (laughs) So that was like when Rod would go forward and talk. So um, Rod went out and he told them all these stories about getting on the plane to go to Perth um, with Johnny O'Keefe and being rushed by all these teenagers and they kept thinking maybe there were somebody c- celebrity on the plane or something they didn't realize the power of television and when they got there they it was they were mobbing them and they couldn't understand that people were watching television in their lounge rooms and and finding you know people that they liked on television so um, Rod told all the kids this, you know. Wow, after that, we were pretty good.
0: <laughs> Showbiz royalty.
1: All of a sudden they went, oh, he knew Johnny O'Keefe. Oh, my God. You know, so it was lovely. Yeah, it was really good.
0: <laughs> and, and you were playing J. K's parents too. Yeah, right? we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. that was fun. Right. Um,
0: now, you've brought lots of notes in. Is there anything we haven't covered?
1: Uh, I don't know. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, um 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 nonsense oh I, I choreographed the mike Walsh show a lot
0: <laughs> oh that so working in television variety that was um, yeah yeah a different skill set because i suppose you're choreographing for the camera
1: that, absolutely yeah. and something that you um yeah that i'd never done again um but i jumped in and um, i was just only thinking the other day though we actually did a minstrel show and
0: black and white minstrel oh, and blacked
1: up dear. all those years ago yeah. and then years later, when I went um, to America with all those kids, (laughs) um, we went and saw Scottsboro Boys. Did you ever see that?
0: Yeah, I was there with you. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when it got to... It was
0: extraordinary. (laughs) Extraordinary show. One of the best nights in the theatre I've had. Me
1: too. But remember when they came out with all of the minstrel show look and the sparklers, and then they got those wet ones and just wiped their face? Yes,
0: yes. Very powerful. I
1: felt as though I'd been kicked in the guts. Yeah. yeah. Truly, well, well and truly. And then I went back to myself doing the Mike Walsh show, blacked
0: up, and I was, I was embarrassed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. Well,
0: that's what time does. I mean, hindsight. Oh, exactly. Great. Yeah. Great leveler.
1: Yeah. Yeah, No. Um, Let me have a look. What else have I got down here? Oh, I choreograph a lot of things. Sweet charity up at Uni, Uni of Southern Queensland. Right. Um. What else? Um, yeah, lots of stuff. We did ten years of, of um, theatre restaurants. That was interesting.
0: Oh, when you're working with a, 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 an audience <laughs> who probably uh, <laughs> three sheets to the wind. <laughs> My, but that's a great test for a performer as well, dealing with an audience. And I had like to that. do
1: stand up. Oh, <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Rod was in it as well. Um, we did. We did ten years. We did everything from the Bullen Bush. I'm looking here um could comedy that was an interesting one um it was burnt down overnight i think for a <laughs> and we we um yeah we lost a lot of stuff in the could comedy right. fire
0: right.
1: um jewels we worked there
0: um well Mut- oh, tell me about the famous production of applause
1: oh well yeah because you were in that weren't you that I was, was on
0: at the metro in the cross with yeah. eve arden, eve arden, arden. arden. Yeah.
1: and her beautiful husband brooks west that came out um uh, yeah, that was um, well, the year of the, of the dismissal. What was that?
0: seventy-five? That wow.
1: was it. Yeah. So um, yeah, we all did about ten performances, I think, and um, it was a um, a huge shizzle. We no, nobody got paid. Um,
0: shonky producers. It's
1: shonky producers.
0: Fly yeah. by nights.
1: Fly by yeah. nights. Um, but good people like Judy Cannelli and Tony Gapin and um, I'm trying to see. And, of course, the beautiful Eve Arden. Uh, she was wonderful. Um, but she, she kept saying... I, I said to Brooks West, her husband, who was a wonderful director, I said, have you ever seen anything like this before? Because the direction wasn't great. You know. And he said, no, but it's interesting. And oh, went, oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, big lesson there. Uh, my beautiful friend Ron Challoner was in it. Um, uh, I can remember we rehearsed right up until uh, the day they closed. We'd already opened, but we were still rehearsing. Ronnie Arnold choreographed it. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah, and he was wonderful. Um, except I had to sing applause. And in came these this silver strip curtain. And we were eating it. It was in our hair. It And I'm trying to sing... <laughs> And this strip curtain, it stuck to it because we were all sweaty. We'd been dancing right. yep. and singing and this thing came in. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, uh, yeah, it was a, a big learning curve. We never got, I can remember they told us if you go to this certain bank in the cross tomorrow morning, you'll get paid. But when we got there, Damien Stapleton, who was then the head of the Theatrical Employees Union, had that's all the backstage staff and everybody, he got there first with all the cheques. <laughs> so they all got their money, but there was none left for us. So that was it. <laughs> Nothing. I think somewhere I've still got the cheque, somewhere.
0: Uh, does, that, does it bounce?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know where it is. But <laughs> yeah, no, wasn't a good thing.
0: What has been the most satisfying thing of working in this business for 50-plus years?
1: I think to go to go to work and know that you're going to be filled to the brim um, every day. I, I don't think there was ever a day that I went to work thinking, oh, I wish I didn't do this or something. Never, ever, ever, ever. I just... Just, um, and I think I would have done it without an audience <laughs> because I just loved the mere fact of singing. Singing to me was um, w- was my first thing. I learned ballet from a tiny child, but only because I was a sickly child. I was a bronchial sort of kid. And the doctor said, she's got to have exercise. So that's why I started ballet. That became a passion, absolute passion. But I was never going to be a ballerina. I just loved it so much. But I was never going to be, you know, somebody beautiful. Um, In fact, I wasn't very good on point at all. (laughs) But anyway, but the singing took over. So, and mum taught me singing. Um, I never had to pay for a lesson. So that was something. Um, But the joy of just going into what was my home. I loved the theatre. Um, just the smell of the theater, the um, everything about it. I wanted to know about the fly ropes. I wanted to know about the battens. I wanted to know everything that to make it work, because I thought it, nothing works without everything else, you know, so I wanted everybody to um, I wanted myself, sorry, to enjoy everything that there was about the theater. I didn't mind, who did what, we all got on really well, Um, but I really wanted to learn because I loved it. I just, yeah, it was just a passion.
0: Well, thanks, Dordie. Um, you have been a great source of my knowledge over several years. I mean, I've learnt so much from you just through your anecdotes and, <laughs> and stories that, that you regularly told me. Um, and today is no difference. You know, uh, I thank you for sharing all of that again with, with the listeners. Um, it's it's fabulous. So, oh. so thank you.
1: Oh, it is my pleasure. <laughs> I just hope it's been okay.
0: It's been fabulous. <laughs> I love it. You said, what am I going to say? What? I mean, it's been absolute gold. Oh, so good. thank you.
1: Oh, my
0: pleasure. We should all maintain the optimism, energy and passion of Doord. She is a great champion for all of us and I thank her for her contribution to the Stages podcast today. There is always someone of great interest to be heard on the Stages podcast and a variety of roles are explored and celebrated. Look back through the archives and you'll get access to directors, designers and drag performers, producers, publicists and playwrights, agents and actors, choreographers and casting, emerging talents and established legends, all available to access on stages. The podcast that converses with creatives about their craft, career and creativity. I'm Peter Ayers. Thanks for listening. Keep well, keep warm. I'll catch you next time.